Keep Your Cool is a podcast about Star Wars RPGs. Intro and outro music for the show is done by Luis Humanoid. Find him on YouTube, and his links will be in the description of the show. And cover art for the show is done by Silas Bazaar. His link's also in the description. Thank you for listening. Hello there, and welcome to episode zero of the Keep Your Cool podcast. I'm your host, Davis Blue. I'm excited to begin discussing Star Wars RPGs. Awesome, awesome music, isn't it? That is Luis Humanoid on YouTube. If you want to find him, his stuff will be in the description. Lots of great, uh, lots of great fan music. Stuff like uh, Star Wars, Cyberpunk 2077. Lots of great stuff. Go check him out. Um, yes, but again, welcome to the Keep Your Cool podcast, episode zero. Why episode zero? Well, test episode as much as anything. It's my first time running a podcast. I kind of want to begin finding a rhythm here. Well, even at number zero, I guess, puts a little bit less pressure on me to, to, to do well. Uh, anyway, uh, this show, my vision for it, uh, I guess is what I'll talk about first. Um, I, I, I love playing Star Wars RPGs. I buy a lot of books, spend a lot of money, and, uh, you know, I don't always get to play as much as I want to. So this is really my way of justifying purchases, as it were. Uh, no, but really, I, I, I just love the games. I enjoy talking about them. And uh, this is to fill in those playtime voids that, that tend to happen. And, uh, you know, whenever I, whenever I lead games, I'm really a loose GM. I don't ever really railroad games, hold players to specific routes. Um, kind of my style, and also the style of the Hellion players I'll play with sometimes. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of unavoidable. But, um, you know, I want to talk about the game. Uh, I want to talk about... Deep dives into various aspects aspects of the universe. Talk about how to incorporate them into games. Talk about things from the perspective of both a GM and a player. Um, mainly, I'll be discussing the Fantasy Flight RPGs and, and that dice system and their source books. However, uh, the D6 and D20 books, uh, especially the D6 books, have been so influential not only to Star Wars RPGs but just to Star Wars as a whole. And I feel like I'd be doing uh, some sort of disservice if I didn't talk about them from time to time as well. Uh, rope those into the conversations. So I'll kind of start with attempting some news. Uh, Asmodi, who uh, publishes the source books for the FFG games, uh, had stopped printing them for a while. It made it hard to pick up new copies of books um, that you didn't have or uh, from game stores and made it hard to find, find them for good prices online. In fact, I, I looked online today. The Starships and Speeders book is selling for about $300 on Amazon right now. But uh, anyway, walk walk into the store in December, and lo and behold, there's a heap of new books on the shelf. Uh, the owner of the store said, in his words, not mine, but the sentiment is, sentiment is still true for me. Uh, he said, the publishers got their act together, and uh, they're starting to publish them again and put them on the shelf. So that's good. Good news for everyone. Hopefully that means some new source books in the future as well. So in any given episode, I'd want to uh, talk about, you know, maybe a planet or do um, a special couple of weeks on a, on a system of planets, um, talk about uh, gear, talk about weapons, uh, talk about how to include them into your games, talk about um, 
how to utilize them as a player, talk about where to put things as a GM, um, and really for my benefit as much as anyone's. You know, I need to think about these things in order to make my own games better. So I figured why not ramble on and, and put it on the internet so other people would have to hear me talk about it. But I wanted to spend today kind of um, easing into it with uh, a typical example of what I'd be doing and talking about the planet Tatooine. So let's try that, a nice softball here. There is so little and yet so much to do on this planet. <laughs> You've got the bustling spaceports of things like Mos Eisley, Mos Espa, but there's countless small, smaller settlements all over the planet's surface. You know, you'll find crate dragons, you can find sarlaccs, you'll find Jawas, Tuscans, and their Banthas. A typical Edge of the Empire game uh, that I've been running recently has started with players being employed by a hut of some stature, and they'll find themselves hunting, hunting down like a pirate camp or something like that outside of one of the smaller settlements. Maybe the pirates have stolen the shipment of goods that the player was supposed to take for the hut or something of that nature. Uh, the settlement's inhabitants are like complaining about lesser crate dragons in the area, really screwing up their shipments, attacking speeders from larger ports. And then the players will go kill the dragon or, or whatever the whatever the big beast is, possibly recover some lost cargo for the settlement and really endear themselves to them. And then the locals will be more than happy to pinpoint the nearby pirate stronghold. Um, you know, you got to think, well, why wouldn't they why wouldn't they give up the place immediately? Why wouldn't they give up the location of the pirates immediately? Well, you know, you kind of see an interesting dynamic uh, between some of these criminal outposts and um, and this and their nearby settlements, like in in areas like the Clone Wars and in some of the books, where you know maybe the pirates don't necessarily provide protection uh, for the settlement, but there is some sort of mutual um, there is some sort of relationship there that is mutually beneficial, and so you know those people are you know won't necessarily immediately jump to oh yeah let's give away let's give away these guys there's some there's some sort of lingering loyalty there but you know the players can can break that fairly easily with with the gift of killing that crate dragon and on the topic of crate dragons uh there's a lot of interesting things you can do with them because of just how valuable they are how valuable those crate dragon pearls are especially that you can find uh in their i suppose gizzard area um for instance, one of my game's characters is obsessed with acquiring cybernetics, but uh, it was like the very beginning of the game. He didn't have a lot of credits to purchase the arm that he found uh, in the settlement's little oddities emporium. And so the shopkeeper, you know, obviously selling just oddities and stuff like that, would find something like a, a, dragon, a crate dragon pearl of high value, as anyone would. And so I, um, through some after some negotiation, um, after the party slayed the dragon, that player was able to take that pearl back to him and kind of trade him one for one for that arm that he wanted. Now, obviously, the random shopkeeper couldn't perform the surgery right then and there to put it on him, but uh, that came later on. Uh, one of the more, tr uh, like, the traveling entities on the planet would be, like, the Tuscan tribes wandering the deserts. I've never really used them too much myself, uh, but if my players ever find themselves back on Tatooine for an extended stay... Uh, you can bet they'll run into them. Uh, beware if you're listening to this right now. But, uh, you know, the raiders obviously can come terrorize their host settlement, come and mess up their campsite, and uh, really cause some trouble there. But we also know from sources like The Mandalorian, as well as the Myths and Fables book, that, you know, mindless killing is not their only function. That tribal aspect can really come into play when players come across their camps and maybe interact with them in more peaceful manners, see their huts, hunt with them, sharing their spoils, um, 
maybe maybe they endear themselves so much that uh, the Tuscans let them come and raid a settlement with them. I don't know if if any players would be so uh, be chaotic evil, <laughs> maybe neutral evil, that they would uh, participate in something like that with them. But who knows? Uh, some dark side points could be uh, could be in the future of the, for those characters if that was the case. But perhaps a player could be gifted something from one of them, something ancient or mysterious that sets them off on some other journey to find meaning in what that thing is. And that kind of brings me to story hooks. Uh, one of my favorite style of hooks, uh, which I'll talk about much more in the future as the much more interesting instances of them kind of become available, uh, but it's the reemergence of something that has been lost and it makes itself known in some way or another. And like I said, I'll talk more about that uh, and my, my favorite applications of it later on, but I'll keep it in the context of Tatooine for now. So between Tuscans, Jawas, Jabba's Palace, all the desert and settlements in between, surely there's something, some piece of armor like we see in recent episodes of a certain Disney Plus series that I won't spoil much of in case someone still hasn't seen it, or some weapon or some trinket left behind. Perhaps it just holds a great magnitude of power, either on the galactic scale or possibly to just the players on an individual scale, but has been lost to the sands. I like to imagine that some ancient ship met its end amongst the dunes and some creature is using it as a den, chewing on a wing like a toy. The players get rid of the creature somehow and searching the ship find that the symbols found on it are far from current, maybe not appearing on their data pads or if they are under some sort of encryption, perhaps. But it leads them to distant systems or where they find forgotten treasure left behind by the unfortunate pilot or his crew or his faction. Or perhaps Tuscans got a hold of an old lightsaber during a raid or Jawas somehow came across a droid prototype model from the Separatists. Somehow or another, many roads in the galaxy tend to lead to Tatooine. And the inclusion of strange artifacts is just one way to sort of apply that fact and use that in your games. Now, think episode four for a second. The party is hanging out in a cantina, and suddenly someone or a group of people are looking for passage off the planet. Maybe you don't end up getting pulled into the Death Star, but certainly you can end up going any number of places in the galaxy. Or perhaps the excitement of the trip is held more in who it is you're bringing along. Uh, the person asking for passage could be wanted by a hut or have a bad history with either the Empire, the Rebellion, a pirate crew. Or maybe they know something. What's that on their in their backpack there, or on their belt? Is that a is that a lightsaber? Why does he have that? Where are we going again? Tython? That's weird. Things like that that can make the mysterious travel you're uh, you're going with a little more exciting, maybe a little bit more dangerous. So who's in charge here on Tatooine? Well, let's just say the good guys can't quite get a grip on this planet very solidly. The presence of Jabba the Hutt. You know, in the uh, time span we'd be at, for I typically play Edge of the Empire, but um, you know, Force and Destiny, Age of Rebellion, all that, all that sort of thing would kind of take place in that you know post Death Star One, Death Star Two era. So Jabba the Hutt is his presence is still very strong there, and while it takes the edge off the threat of mainstream Imperial occupation, it still doesn't really foster a welcoming environment for the earnest and naive players or even just general characters of the galaxy. Players can expect to have run-ins with characters who have been through quite a bit, whether that's you know, a bounty hunter who has 
uh, track down bounties in the most unforgiving of lands, or perhaps they've lived out their lives as moisture farmers, endured the grueling moisture taxes imposed by the all-powerful Jabba. Yes, the exhilarating world of moisture taxes, ladies and gentlemen. Your players will be f just frothing for more. What does this hot occupation mean for this planet? Well, it means plenty of criminal dealings, including, unfortunately, slave trafficking. Um, the obligation system or, you know, just general character motivation can really come into play here uh, if that character or if a certain character is bent towards, you know, freeing slaves or if that's in their past somehow. Um, you know, this would be a great place to have that play out. Uh, if you have read the book Queen's Shadow, then you'll know that there are certain, there are many groups and plates on the planet who are constantly working towards the goal of freeing slaves. And certainly they will always accept help. However, there's a sense of necessary suspicion that people on Tatooine have. Um, so players aiming to aid in such efforts, aid in the efforts of those groups who are trying to free the slaves, will need to be careful who they buddy up to. You see that in the book, um, not to spoil anything in case anyone wants to read it, but you know, there's a part, there is a, uh, uh, a group of people who are, who are wanting to help, you know, aid in the freeing of slaves, but, you know, they find themselves kind of getting involved with the, with the wrong people initially, and then the right people get suspicious of them and don't, uh, and, you know, don't really trust them anymore once they, once they actually find the right people. So players beware who you uh, who you buddy up to and how vengeful your your GM will be for for actions like that. The typical method of helping people break free of their bondage uh, is acquiring credits to use at slave auctions and then uh, taking the newly purchased now former slaves to safe haven planets where they can kind of start working, get their feet underneath them, etc. But this method is shown to be slow in the book Queen Shadow and will definitely be too slow for some players and expensive. So GMs, be ready for things to get a bit more dynamic and possibly explosive at these auctions or on places like transports, uh, places like transports that could possibly be raided. And now for a quick weather forecast to wrap things up on Tatooine. It's hot and very sunny. It looks to be that way for quite a while. Unprepared players will find themselves taking strain from the immense heat and having their aim and just general focus, unfortunately obstructed by pesky and sometimes incredibly intense sandstorms, especially when out in the dunes. My advice is uh, find a settlement to go down into the night. <laughs> Campsites out on sand uh, don't always go too well, but do as you will. So I believe that covers about everything I want to do on this opening episode. It's a shorter one than I want would typically want to do. I think I think I want to keep them around 30 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, just kind of depending on, on what I'm feeling for that week. But the format will certainly change over time as I kind of start to see what I like and dislike and as I start kind of start to put in some more production value and, and I learn about those sorts of things. But but you have to start somewhere in order for things to get good, I suppose. I hope you enjoyed it. Tell me what you think. Uh, if you want to leave any sort of feedback or anything, uh, there is a subreddit that I have started. Uh, the only post from that is from, oh, three months ago, <laughs> whenever I announced that hopefully the first episode would be out in November. Here we are in January. So I'll have to update that a little bit more. And I'll, I will update that with a new podcast episode. 
that I'm recording today, but that will be on the subreddit r slash KYC podcast. Again, that's r slash KYC podcast. Uh, the Instagram page that I have set up will start to have some stuff soon. Uh, that should probably, I think that's under KYC pod or KYC podcast, something like that as well. I haven't really spent a lot of time on that one. Uh, that's going to be something I kind of start to, that's kind of starts to pick up as I, um, as I kind of start to get more focus on this show. But uh, for now, if you want to, uh, to tell me things, give feedback uh, to interact with me, it's going to be r slash KYC podcast. Or of course, if you know me, you can just text me, whatever. Thank you so much for listening, and I feel as if I were even more of a st- an imposter in the Star Wars podcasting world than I already am if I didn't say this. May the Force be with you, always. <laughs>